You are locked into another episode of Meg Talks, the people's platform home to quit. POC, millennial conversation. Big up yourself if you're locked in for the first time, where your people, your community, where your family and manners and respect if you're locked in for another episode. Thank you for rocking with me. You can find every single episode on Spotify, iTunes, Google, we're all about the place, man. Just go over to Meg Talks online or on Instagram, hit up the link tree and you've got your options there. Anyways, I am here with singer, performer, and creator of the Cocoa Butter, the Cocoa Butter Club, Sadie Sinner Songbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Yay. Everybody, show some goddamn love into the building. Let's go. Yay. Sadie, Sadie. <laughs> hey, Meg. Hey, how are you? I am really good. Um, I'm really tired, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also very excited to be here and be connecting with you. Yeah, you've come <laughs> in with an amazing energy. I think today, peeps, everybody's tired. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. tired. We've got D, who just, I want to shout out personally, man. You do a lot of work here. Sadie, I know you've had a really hectic week and we're going to get right into that and my people i'm eight days of no smoking so i know i know i smoked since i was 17 since i was 17 so i'm just this is my first time recording having not smoked and being completely mentally free so it's a new energy peeps new day new dawn well done thank you but firstly can i say these earrings peng they are you know Support a black business, Kahula Store, K-H-U-L-A Store. Didn't even pay me to say that. Yeah, but they're fire. I paid them. (laughs) So let's just jump right into it, man. So first and foremost, for anyone that maybe isn't familiar with Cocoa Butter Club, just do a quick synopsis in the concept behind it and also when it started. Amazing. So um, I say this at the top of every show, so I can definitely make this quick. Um, I created the Cocoa Butter Club because in 2015, there were no black lesbians booked on the cabaret stage at Pride in London. And when I spoke about it online, people kept saying to me, well, maybe there are no black lesbians in cabaret. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Absolutely. Great. I was like, that's called a a false equivalence, you dumb cunt, to be honest. Um, Just because we don't have a version of something in a room doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It means we haven't catered for that version of a person. Mm. So I created the Cocoa Butter Club as a space for agency and autonomy in celebrating the capabilities of black creatives. And because black people take everyone with us all the time, I welcomed, of course, POC as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me just break down. What is cabaret? Okay. Because I, I, I probably have a very jaded perception on what cabaret is. I think of just more flamboyant. I think of flamboyancy. I think of dancing. I think of feathers. I think of like bustiers and corsets and stage and lights and stuff. But I'm sure there is more substance behind the kind of essence of what it is. Where do you get that idea from, if you don't mind? Um, I guess just my background in performing arts oh. and also kind of what you will see in in media as mm-hmm. well in terms of that presentation of cabaret perfect and mm-hmm. um, the reason i wanted to throw it back to you is because um the whole idea of the cocoa butter club is to decolonize the concept of what cabaret is so i want to ask the questions what's the difference between a black artist a black rap artist or spoken word artist getting up on stage and why aren't they booked but you can have a white artist who's getting up and reciting poetry and that's seen as cabaret 
So cabaret itself is like multidisciplinary performances. So we're thinking variety shows. That's the original cabarets. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all, uh, I mean, it did obviously come out of Berlin, but it's not um, all what people think like the film cabaret. Right. Um, yeah, it's not all just Liza Minnelli's out there. It's not just that. Okay. So I want to really kind of get into the backdrop of your story, how you even came to a point of creating this space. My mum is a philanthropist through and through. Mm -hmm. She was the first in the family to get a place in England. As anyone who's come through to the UK has stayed at my mum's home. Like I have shared before I knew what sharing was. Um, We're a family that truly believe in like Ubuntu. You want to go far, go together. You want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go, the notion of us sticking together. Mm -hmm. So we want to go far, let's go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. So that's why the Cocoa Butter Ah. Club is so effective and that's why it's been around for so many years. And I say this with my whole heart. I really mean this. Um, So one thing that I always wanted for the, I thought with the Cocoa Butter Club, I would create this thing and everyone would become a star. And then everyone would be like, oh my God, it was the Cocoa Butter Club. And then we'd all elevate the Cocoa Butter Club. That didn't happen. Lots of people have used it as a stepping stone and a tool um, to get access into spaces that they wouldn't have necessarily by themselves. Um, Now, obviously I cry about that bit, but let's just keep the frame of what the thing is, which is that um, I have intentionally sought to create a space where we go to these places together where we get into the West End together, where Mm. we get onto Underbelly South Bank together. The things we have achieved have been because we have moved as a unit. And there have been many people who have said have come through and gone off to do stuff, but everyone always comes back home. Mm -hmm. And it's not that the world is scary, it's that the space I've created is very intentional. Um, I have just my project, the Black Burlesque School. Um, One of the performers, one of the new graduate students um, put a voice note in our group chat and was like, I need everyone to realize what we've experienced at the Black Burlesque School and our graduation show will not happen on the outside world. This is a very intentional idea that Sadie has put together. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of those things about community and about sharing radically and like, when people are like mother, but I'm like, I'm not mother, I'm sister, I'm a firstborn. I'm a big sister, like I'm everyone's big sister, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's actually where I got the culture from, from seeing how my mum moved through the world and think and understanding that's how you move through the world. Mm. I want to go back to something that you said. Um, if you want to move fast, go solo. But if you want to go far, you've got to go together. Yeah, it's an African proverb, actually. Um, and if you think about how... Don't pick me on this one. If you think about um, how most um, African communities were matriarchs before they were patriarchs, and the idea is that matriarch builds around, mm-hmm. whereas like uh, patriarch builds upwards. Okay. So if mm-hmm. we're already looking at things in the lens of a matriarch, also my family is a matriarch as well. Like my grandma, like bless her soul, I didn't see her. Um, I think I was maybe six when she passed away. But what I'm trying to say is that we're a real... Um, our ethos is just hold everybody and take everybody with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also why it's been a shock for me in the world to realise, oh no, actually, people do sometimes be like, oh, that's a great thing. I'll stick with it for a couple of years and then go off because it doesn't serve them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just for me not understanding that um, yeah. that people would outgrow 
what the Cocoa Butter Club is and go on to become the stars that they have. And they have, like, mm. um, I think it's bar three people who are black or POC on RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, the rest of them have all come through the Cocoa Butter Club. Really? Yeah. Wow. But you, the one that you will know that is, um, for instance, Astina Mandela talks about it. But that's what I was talking about. I thought I would create this thing and we would all become stars and we would all go, it's the Cocoa Butter Club. And then the Cocoa Butter Club would elevate. Mm -hmm. But actually what happened is I created this thing that nurtured a lot of people and then people went off to do their stardom mm -hmm. um yeah yeah but as i said everyone comes home and it's not like a complete violin's like sad story what i'm trying to say is just understanding um that things don't always look like how you think they're going to look like absolutely um and what you intend in the beginning i mean lauren hill said it in a great interview she just said like sometimes you are used um, and like you are used for something that you're just not aware that you're used for. Right, right, so right, right, right. So I thought in a way like I was using them that they would come to the Cocoa Butter Club and elevate the Cocoa Butter Club, that some mm -hmm. people have used the Cocoa Butter Club to elevate themselves. Yeah. Um, but that is what it's for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Do you I, understand? And I think, and I yeah. think it's I think it's important because it's like a training ground in some respects, exactly. right? Exactly. And when you're developing yourself as a creative, as a performer, as a future star, where you train is so important because there are a lot of, um, back in the day anyway, I'm not too sure now, there were a lot of people that used to come up through places like Rose Bruford. Yes, exactly, right? Brit School. E Brit School, and I remember I, I, rem I remember I was gonna, I was gonna go to Brit. I was gonna mm. go to Brit and it was something that I had wanted all my life, all throughout primary school, all throughout coming back to going to secondary school mm. and I mean, you have to go for like some trial days or something like that. And I went to, I did the trial days and I said, I said to my mom, I can't do it. I loved it. I loved, there were facilities, the, the environment was great. But what they would require of me as a person, as a young person and as a performer, I couldn't give them that. What did they want from you? Um, <clears throat> there's a certain way of showing up, mm. right? And the thing is my training, I want to bring it back to the training. I was, my training was in second wave. And that's in the heart of Deptford. It was rooted in blackness. It was rooted in culture. And the way that the environment allowed me to express myself and the affirm affirmation, the support, the guidance. I, there might, I remember I, I've got a, a few local vocals that I can do, you know? And I was scared to sing. I was scared to sing. And, you know, shout out to Bev. I always remember Bev sat me down and I was crying because they gave me a role where I had to sing. And I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't tap into that level of freedom. And was this at Brit School? This was this was that second wave. Oh, okay. This was Thank that you. second wave. Yeah, and she she got it out of me. I took the singing role and so on. And so she cultivated something in me that was really beautiful. And I started to understand myself. But when I went over to Brit for those open days, I couldn't tap into that. And there was something about the way that there was the coaching, the support, what they expect. I just couldn't do it. Mm. And it allowed. I'm, I'm glad that I could see that. And if it wasn't for the training, I probably would have gone to Brit and it may have just ruined me as a kid because I felt that wasn't the right place for me, mm. right? So what I did is I stayed in regular school, but I made sure I really leaned into performing arts after school, on the weekends, and that brought the best out in me. So I think the th fact that you're creating a space where people can train and learn and develop really helps them step into the world of performing arts with a stronger sense of identity mm. and really under understanding what environments do and don't work for you because just because you're, um, you're a performer that doesn't mean that you can perform in all environments in all spaces on all sets not it's at all. not you, you you've got to know yourself and really understand what brings the best out in you and how you can really 
freely express yourself. Um, so I wanted to ask, you know, if someone were to, someone wanted to come to the Coco Butter Club, they were like, yeah, I'm interested. This sounds good, Meg. You know what? What had? What is it that they can? Ex- what is it that they can expect as an experience? Um, I'm trying to not be cliche, but like mm-hmm. nothing that you've ever seen before. Um, so. I phrase it this way. Um, we have people of all different age groups come through to the Coco Bar Club. Like we have people in their 60s and 70s come through and I'm like, why do you keep coming? I like to ask the like much older people, why do you keep coming? And they're like, because we've never seen this. We've never seen a black hula hooper. Okay. We've never seen a black fire eater. We've never seen a black... Like that's oh, enough. Wait. It's for like seeing these things for the first time. When did a you... A black clown? Wait, I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever seen In your whole life, exactly. Like, that's the bit. And this is actually sometimes what I find frustrating. Um, (laughs) i got some fears of my own, Meg, okay? I don't think I'm cool. (sighs) Okay, thank you. You didn't rush to reassure me either. Oh, wait, I I was like... No, 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 don't worry about it. I'll get you, lad. But is that Um, that the fear? Is that the fear that you don't think you're cool? So I don't think I'm cool, right? So Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I worry about, like, the things that I do and, like, whether they are seen as, like, the cool thing to be at. Mm -hmm. So I'm already aware that I have this thing and then, like, you attach the word cabaret to it and now people are like, what and what? But I'm like, if you see it, and this is why my heart is so sad that you didn't get to see Wednesday because if you see it, Mm -hmm. your life is transformed. You were like, wow, I didn't even know this could exist because what we've done is created things that are outside of the realms of what we understood is capable for ourselves. So on Wednesday, when five black women got on stage in um, gorgeous burlesque gowns and matching gloves, when have you seen five black women on stage doing a burlesque number in London? I've never seen I, Exactly, never come seen and change that. your life. This is the thing. And it might not, it's not, a, it's not a club, it's not a rave. I get that. And I say that because clearly I think those things are cool, right? What you're mm-hmm. hearing is how I like um, the hierarchy of things I understand the world enjoys. Mm-hmm. But what we're doing is creating real, radical like history making art like come and see it mm-hmm. we were the largest ever black and poc production at underbelly south bank like wow. do you know we've changed so much stuff and i just sat like walk around in sainsbury's being like i'm that bitch like i don't have all the awards i'm not acknowledged by all these other things but i can tell you something like i'm written about in academia because what I've done is real. Mm-hmm. So um, if I had to try and convince someone to come along, I would just say like, what have you never seen in your life? Because you might see it at the Cocoa Butter Club. Wow, wow, wow. I, I think even that in and of itself is exciting. Yeah. Because more time than not, you're if, more time than not when you've created something, you're able to really describe it in a very uniform way, which gives someone a very clear picture but what you've just described is something that can't be described yes. because it hasn't necessarily been created before in turn it hasn't been seen before exactly which is which is really exciting and what i've not seen before is a black burlesque school so talk to me about what that what you know what 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 is about that what is a black burlesque school and if someone were to attend what is what can they expect and yeah talk, talk us through it ma'am Thank you. So Black Ballet School is my newest project and it is my love letter to all the incredible black British burlesque artists that have been my friends, have been my mentors, been my peers since... I don't even know how old I am. No, I'm joking. Since like 2014, Mm -hmm. like. um, So this year I was in a play at the Royal Court and I was commissioned by Travis Alabanza to create a burlesque piece. 
And as I stood on the stage um, doing this piece, which um, an artist I respect so much said it was kind of like an installation. Um, I was like, I want to learn more, but also I want to take other people on this journey with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also so sick and tired of every time people want to book black talent, they come to the Cocoa Butter Club, which is good, but it also means that they're not actively seeking like other black talent, which means we just end up booking the same pool of people. That's the antithesis of why I created the Cocoa Butter Club. It was to get more and more, it was to get more and more people into the space. Mm -hmm. So um, shows basically would always be booking the black burlesque artists that we needed for our shows because they can, other cabarets can book anybody we can only book black and POC artists. Um, So it's kind of this intersection of me being like, I want to learn more burlesque. And again, I've shared before I knew what sharing was. Um, So I was like, if I want to learn it, I bet there are other people in the world who want to learn this too. Um, And then the Black Burlesque School itself, you can learn uh, floor work, musicality, choreography, um, movement and flow, sing and fling, which is where you sing and take off your clothes, baby. What? Yes, that's right. You can multitask. So it's... Um, it's called Sing and Fling, yeah. So that's instance, a talent. Yeah, I'm sure you can imagine. I mean, it's going to be like, you can imagine a little. Mm-hmm. Singing to you. What? <laughs> My mind's blown right now. <laughs> I can't give myself up. Um, but yes, so for instance, we, so I held a big open day and we had over a hundred black women come through to the space. Actually, I say black women, I'm pretty sure everyone wasn't a woman. There were lots of different genders in the space as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I did an eight week course. And on that course we had just, un- I think we had like 27 um, students. And then about 20 of them have just graduated on Wednesday. Um, and the graduation was a big show. So they took all the skills that they learned. They had a month or so to like work on their own stuff. And then we went into rehearsal over three weeks and put together their graduation show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they're superstars and they can go out into the world and become burlesque artists. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So when you go to the school and you yes. learn and stuff like that, right? Is it are all um Kate are all is it open to all levels? Yes. Or completely. is there a certain is there a certain criteria that you need? Mm-mm, you just gotta want to you just gotta you've got to want to do it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can put it. Is right. in I cannot do something for you more than you want to do yourself. Right. So our very first class was a floor work class, and our teachers are all like top level people. So our floor work class is taught by Lauren Elise, who's a world pole champion. So she's a pole dancer, and like pole artists have phenomenal floor work. Um, so within the first five minutes of the class, we were doing backwards rolls, and there were people who were like, "I've never rolled backwards in my whole life." All we did was get out the mat, and we were like, "Now's your chance. Mm-hmm. Like you can roll backwards today." or you don't have to roll backwards but like this is a chance to learn to roll backwards mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just a space to be really brave and to learn new things we have people who came because they didn't have rhythm at the beginning they got rhythm now baby hey. you know we have people who um have like body dysmorphia and now they at least they know what they're capable of they know they can stand on a stage in front of 200 plus people and perform and not be judged on the parts of themselves that they maybe don't feel at home with. Um, We have people who are already burlesque artists who, because they're black and the black burlesque school had never existed before. So now when they came to the black burlesque school, for instance, one um, in our musicality class, 
we did a routine to Missy Elliott, One Minute Man. I bet you didn't think you could do a burlesque routine to that. But also, why not? That goes back to the idea that the Cocoa Butter Club decolonizes the concept of what cabaret is. Yeah, that is fire. Like anything That's can fire. be it. Uh, the, uh, Miss Demi Noir, the artist who taught um, the One Minute Man piece, she has a burlesque act of 21 seconds. And it's dressed in full classic regala. Like if she came out on stage, you'd be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really fancy. Mm -hmm. And that's her love letter to South London. Like the reason we're such great artists is because we're refusing to assimilate. We have not given up our identity in order to create our art. Mm. That is a real important thing at the Cocoa Butter Club. I ask you to be yourself. That's why at our graduation show, we had one person who did a beautiful jazz number because she learns swing dance. That's what she does. Why wouldn't she? Mm -hmm. And then we had someone do uh, Afro beats. They danced to Rema, Soundgasm. It was incredible. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, <sighs> Just I, in my field. I, lo I love that people can... Just be yourself. That's all I... You can, yeah. you can bring your talent and your technical skill into a space where the vibes, is, the vibes are relevant. Yeah. Right. Like I'm just sitting here thinking one minute man, like that is that is a big vibe. That is a big, big tune. And I can't think of, I'm trying to think of all the different environments where I've heard that song. And the only time where I've really heard that song is in a dance. Right. So you know, so that that is amazing that um people can have that experience. And you began to talk about some of the hookups people come to class with. Mm. And we all have hookups. We all have hookups, like he was saying. Yeah, you think you're cool, you're fucking cool. You're fucking cool. For real, for real. I mean, look at the coat. If you ever see the coat that Sadie came in here with, that's it. If that's all you had to do in life, that is it. Like, you know. Um, and I you know, and this is just, I guess, a word of encouragement to to the community that tunes in. That, you know, that there's some there really something magical here because we've all got hookups. Yeah. And a lot of the time it feels like you're the only one with this issue. You're the only one experiencing it, experiencing it, and there's gonna be no one else in a space that is going through some stuff whilst they're trying to grow or experience something new. And it's just a reminder, you know. I, could I do burlesque? Yes. I'm gonna say yes because I I've, I've been raised to believe that genuinely I can do most things. That that that, that 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 that's how I've been raised. So I'm I can't go back on that fundamental teaching. But if I were to take that question further, what would be my hookup with with mm -hmm. that? Um, I think there'll be two things that I can, that spring to mind. One, in coming out of myself, out of my shell, because I've not come out of myself, out of my shell, I don't know, for the longest time, probably probably since the last time I had to perform in that respect. I, I sit very comfortably within the walls of me. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to extend yourself. Maybe if I give myself credit and say, like, when I have to do presentations and speeches more corporately at work, you know, you kind of have to get into that. You yeah. know, um, so I think kind of tapping into that more creative expression of yourself that isn't just creative thinking, but how that translates in your body, in your movement, in your tone, in your cadence, in your volume, mm -hmm. um, how you're occupying space. I think that would... I'd, that would take me a little bit of time. I can imagine me actually be sitting in there shy at first, like, oh, for fuck's sake, why did I even say that I'm coming here? Because now, <laughs> now it's just long for me. And, you know, so there's that. But also my body. Like, a lot of... I, I, I've 
you know, I receive a lot of positive recognition saying, make you look fine. You look fine. But I have my own hookups. Mm. So imagine, I'm trying to think of me trying to do sing and fling now. That yeah. is like my worst nightmare. Me singing and having to get kind of somewhat kind of naked naked. Oh my God. Are you crazy? For for my little eczema to be on show. Oh it's my God. I would, I, listen, I would fall apart. But but again, it's just, it's, it's that, I think the beauty in that is becoming vulnerable. Yes. Being vulnerable to being exposed, to being seen, to being vulnerable, to being open, to being critiqued or judged. Completely. Right? Um, and being okay with that. Because more time than not, I'm not okay with it. And I, I you know, so I think, and, and then the, it begs the question or the consideration of, if I'm not okay with that, mm. how is that holding me back in life? Exactly. In a life, in life. <laughs> I do. I do. It's so interesting, right? Because when things are criticized about like things that we do, mm-hmm. we have to recognize the things that we do are like not who we are. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we have yeah. to make decisions and we have to do stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that is true for everyone. Like, I want to be clear, it's not all roses. Um, I'm a Virgo son. <laughs> As my ring says, um, with an Aries moon. Uh, you're gonna have to explain to me and okay. a lot of people what the hell it's that right. even so means. So Virgo, perfectionist, nurturer, um, Aries, the best, intense, competitive, mm-hmm. and then the <laughs> comes from the Aquarius rising because Aquarius is like aloof and offbeat. But let's take it back some. Um, I was trying to say when we were getting ready for the graduation show, I said to that class, I will not be embarrassed. Like, I need to make it clear, it's not all roses. When you're saying about um, things that like people have their hang-ups about um, or when they're creating their work, um, oh, yeah, we'll grill you and, like, we'll make it good work. There mm-hmm. was one artist who came to us um, and we completely tore her work apart. And I'm so proud of her because she was like, okay, I've mm-hmm. created this for you, but I'm going to go away with what you said because you're only saying it because you have the experience. And they ended up creating, I think, one of many people's favorite pieces of the graduation night. Um, So that's also because I'm kind, I'm not nice. Mm -hmm. I wanna make that very, Mm. very clear. I am kind. I will give you the training, I will nurture you, I will facilitate your space to grow. Mm -hmm. I will not lie to you. Mm -hmm. If you come in, it's a mess. Why why would I be like, oh my God, that's great. Go on stage in front of 250 people. So then now they can say something and then knock your confidence about the rest of your career in this. No, at all. Mm -hmm. And tapping into your skill set of being able to critique in a way, that's a real art form, right? Because it's not everyone that can give feedback in a way which is empowering, which mm. is in uplifting, which mm. is inspiring. That it, 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 it's it's really difficult. So, what is your formula? Yeah. Um, everything is an offering, first of all. Mm-hmm. So nothing is telling someone what to do. You're offering what mm-hmm. to do. That way, someone can choose to take it or they can choose not to. And everything is food for thought. So for instance, if, um, now if there are any of the students listening, they're gonna be like breaking down the code. Um, For example, if I looked at a student's video and I felt that they were moving in a way that wasn't to the music, I would actually say to them, food for thought, have you thought about playing with the pace of your movement? What happens when you move at half speed? What happens when you move at twice the speed? Like you're not giving someone an instruction of change your pace. Mm -hmm. You're saying play with that yourself and discover yourself. So even within that, there's an element of teaching because you're raising that person's consciousness and awareness to something. Right? So it's like dealing with 
the matter and not the person. Exactly. If that makes sense. Addressing yes. the matter. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And I think, you know, many of us can, will be able to relate to a time when we've had a teacher or someone responsible for a space and they're like, they're addressing you. They're addressing you and and, uh-huh. that, and that's when and that's exactly. when it becomes really um heartbreaking. Yeah. And that's when it can really knock your confidence. Okay. So I'm curious to understand. So what we've spoken about hookups. Um, what are your hookups? What are the things that you contend with and you battle with and the things that you've overcome? Oh, well, I'm going to try not to cry right now. But um, one, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm dark skinned. I'm tall. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been very big. I've always had this big belly. Mm-hmm. Um, my breasts are not perky. I got them out at the Royal Court in front of a sold out crowd for like six weeks in, in a row. And I just had to reconcile that. I was just like, fuck it. You have to do it because someone in that audience might have the same breasts as you. Yeah. And every night I would get a message. Oh, my breasts are just like yours. Oh, my breasts are just like yours. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm just thinking about all the people running around with their breasts outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm cool. Like, I actually think like I'm quite clumsy and quite like, mm. yeah, people haven't always been kind to me in life. Um, also, because I think my neurodiverseness has maybe been some stuff that I haven't necessarily understood. Right. Um, yeah, so just been like quirky mm-hmm. um, always. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like I really struggle in my context. By the way, when I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here um, in a room with black people. Um, my industry is a... Um, white like overpopulate like saturated context um i am a phenomenal vocalist i'm a hilarious host i am not booked to host burlesque burlesque festivals internationally Mm. so um even when everyone looks at the cocoa butter cup and they're like wow oh my god this space to be black and that's the only space i have and Mm -hmm. only because i created it Mm -hmm. so if it didn't exist where are any of us meant to go understood um so my hang-ups are also like i know I know I'm, this is going to sound so weird. The word I was going to use was stock. Um, but I was gonna, I'll just say it. Um, I know I'm good stock. I'm, I, I know I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I work hard and I believe in people and I nurture them and stuff. And I'm not saying those are qualities that mean I should be treated any better than anything. No, I'm saying the same as. But there have been so many instances in life where I've been treated less than because of the things that I mentioned before, mm. being dark skinned, being tall, being fat, being gay. Mm. Um yeah um so what i'm trying to say like yeah these things exist and they exist constantly around me and even when people think i'm winning i'm still rejected from stuff i am not welcomed into the upper echelon of cabaret Mm -hmm. at all there are people there are spaces that i will never get into that they're the things i sit with um at night and write about in my diary and feel sad and feel small about but i also recognize that um i have to keep doing the stuff i'm doing so that the people who come into this thing behind me have somewhere to go. Yeah. And then the more I climb, the more I get into places, I will always take them with me. So when I got into the NED, the first thing when they were like, will you come and sing of your band? I was like, do you want a cabaret? Everything, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when will this be released? Um, probably in about three, three, about three, yeah, three weeks. Okay, cool. I think this will still be happening. So okay. the Cocoa Butter Club um, are going to be the entertainment for New Year's Eve at Somerset House. that happened because someone saw me in the play but my first Mm. thought is it goes to everybody right how high can I keep climbing and taking everyone with me and I don't necessarily feel that people who have climbed above me or who have been here before me are turning around and reaching their hand out Mm -hmm. to who is behind Mm -hmm. Um, which has also explained why quite a few people don't like me Um, and 
I used to think that was to do with me, but I realized it's to do with them. It's their own reconciliation that they could have done what I did. I was 25 when I set up the Cocoa Butter Club. I ain't got no extra money. Universal credits helped me pay my rent. Hey, but I'm still out ranks. here getting paying people's rent for them. Yeah, Paying people good things. Like we can all do this stuff. Mm. I don't even know I'm going. This is getting emotional. But you know, but you know what? I just want to say, you know, you know what you're talking about with the whole... Um, the whole boobs thing. Like yeah. in my culture, yeah, we call it long titty, innit? Like, yeah. just, uh, shout out Why to the long titty. Like, listen, even me, I said, my things look, my things look like they're looking for coins on the floor. Why this? Aye, but you know what? I'm glad that there's people representing and we see that because what I see in the media are these... Um, Perky little somethings, and I was yeah, like, I don't even think my, I don't think my things even at like sixteen was like that. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it has never been. <sighs> Once I started seeing more like um, African media, and then mm. I was like, oh, okay. And These you know juicy what? things. And let me real. tell you something. The mass presenting community are gonna be screaming because us, we suffer. We suffer. A lot of us have got big old titties and big old bum bums and big old hips, and we don't understand. Because all we yeah. just want our thing to be, you know, neat. Yeah. You know, we're not saying we don't yeah. want it, but want it to be neat. But sometimes it's just outside. You know, <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, yeah. I had this I there was a funny story where um I was <laughs> the, it, was, it was recently actually that I was sitting down and I felt like my bra was really tight. I'm wearing my regular sports bra, yeah? Yeah. Which gives me a bit of modesty, you understand? All of us, mass, we, this is why we like the sports bra, because it gives you a bit of a polished thing. We don't want the push-up bra thing and your breasts looking like they're under your ears. We don't that want part. that, yeah? But, so I'm sitting there in my little sports bra, it's my casual thing. And I'm like, why does it feel so tight and uncomfortable? Bridget, why was my bra on sideways? Ah, ah, how? Yeah, yeah, it was me. No, it, <laughs> I said, why? And do and you know how I knew it was on sideways? It wasn't even at the time. This is my ADHD brain, because sometimes I don't see the solution, yeah? I just... So it's the following day, I put back on the same bra, and I'm like, oh, if it was good. So I'm like, how come it felt so crazy yesterday? So I was... So I said, let me try and work this out. Like I said, I realised that I've been looking at my bra through the perspective of what it needs to have a cross like that at the back. Mm. That's how my thing is. But actually, regardless of what angle it is, it will always have that as long as it's not at the front. Of course. Right. So yeah. I said, this is what... It was crazy, but again, it's just like a little... <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I understand you. Like, people might be like, where yeah. Very much yeah, but it's like it's just again, it's just like how these how body issues yeah, <laughs> yeah can manifest and create these fucking crazy um situations. Um, can I ask you a question real quick? Of course. If I did a what would I need to call it like a mask of center class or something like yeah, how, how do you think I could cater to the mass community? All right, who deserve to know how to move sexy yeah all right so all right let's get into this because there's a lot of us there's a lot of mass presenting people and for those that i'm not speaking on behalf of you know just listen to our plight of struggle yeah and be compassionate mm -hmm. so there's a lot of us we have a very strong demeanor mm -hmm. yeah strong fixed shoulders we walk strong yes. yeah strong back mm -hmm. yeah we're not feeble but what that doesn't necessarily mean it provides you with the physical fluidity to be sexy mm -hmm. right so when i'm thinking about sexiness and what that looks like from a masculine point of view i'm thinking about like jodeci pretty ricky genuine uh -huh. right you see how they like wind up themselves on yeah, all of these yeah. things a lot of us can bump and grind and do all the things and stuff but our natural stance isn't like that 
So being it's that transition between being this very strong, uh, strong, steady frame, and then how do you become loose and fluid, and what does sexiness look like? Because mm -hmm. strongness doesn't always look like sexiness, mm -hmm. right? Unless it's yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't always be that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that sexiness can be perceived as feminine, feminizing in your exactly. body, right? So I think it's understanding that. How 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 do we do sexy? Yes. Right? Without looking like in our minds, looking like a bitch. Right? Exactly. Because because also there's this it plays off of some kind of toxic femininity where if a feminine woman is in a space where she wants to receive that masculinity, that mm, she might not want to see that feminine jumping and jiving and business, you understand? Because she's already occupying that space. Mm. So I think it's perhaps learning how to um us really learning about our bodies and being comfortable because if you ain't comfortable with having breast, hips, bum, uh, and whatever else you may have, right? It might be belly, it mm. might be little muffin top, whatever. Then you may not even see yourself as sexy. So the whole mm. concept of being sexy is then going to be so far removed, right? And the last thing I'll add on that is that there are many of us that are completely disassociated with our body. Okay, great. Yeah? Do you see where I'm coming from? So... I don't know how that translates into how your space would create that, but these are some of the challenges that yeah. we're up against, but it creates the opportunity of how do we unlearn in a safe space um, in that way. Thank you. So what you've just done is you've let me know that if I was to create this space intentionally, it would have to be more than once. Mm -hmm. um, I think that if, if it was like a four hour workshop, I think that people would be very intimidated by that and mm -hmm. might like not come along. But if it was in shorter bursts, mm -hmm. then at least they would get to like sample it and then be like, OK, I want to come back to that space. Or, I, I, I would do it. That space. So the reason is my big plan is <laughs> so. For the for the fems and thems, mm -hmm. um, I want to have this gorgeous, luxurious black burlesque show that tours the entire world. Mm. But I also want the masks of centers. I want I want them stripping, and I want it to look sexy. Like I want them to be able to have their own show. I want them to have people like admiring them and throwing money at them too. Um, think of it as as a real kind of like a, a magic mic, do you know? Ooh, that'll be yeah, hot. Exactly. Now, albeit there is already a beautiful cabaret uh, night called Magic Dyke that they've made. So we kind of, you know, no idea is original. Like we just had the same idea at the same time. But I actually want to work with, um, I, I want to work with Mask of Center women. Because mm -hmm. I just think that that's a real underworked with yeah. um, identity. We, we deserve to be looked at through the lens of attractiveness exactly yeah right? we we deserve to be platforms. we deserve to be lusted over a little bit and to yeah. feel sexy and to feel erotic because i think exactly. when it comes to um let's just say sexual intimacy in some respects there's a lot of us yeah where we we're not necessarily a participant but we are someone we're doing the deed yeah we're putting yeah. on a show we're laying down the mac we're handing it rather than it being a equal measure of yeah intimacy and i think that's where the whole concept of a pillow princess comes in mm -hmm. right uh, <clears throat> and it's like how with that lack of duality and fluidity how does that affect your sex life exactly. right how how does it how does it affect your ability to be intimate with someone in a way whereby you're not in the back of your mind thinking I'm doing too much or 
there's all of these insecurities because there's a lot of mass presenting people that are not phys they are not mentally present in that because they're they're trying to make sure that they're ticking all of the boxes but they're holding up their side of the deal and it's a lot listen it's a lot okay you never asked me to tell you what a great lover i am mm -hmm. but i'm going to i'm serious i'm so sick and Talk tired to me. of it like i'm not um I, I, everything is a discussion mm -hmm. everything is an offering you know um i do think it is a little sad how no one's like opening doors and pulling out chairs you know um for the masks of centers also when i use a language mask of center is that the language i should be using here or should i just I mean say mask I mean, like, you express how you are. I think all masks in this space would understand what you're talking about. I wouldn't yeah. take offence. Okay, thank you so much. Um, and if anyone does want to, like, tweet me or DM me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, just now, I'm talking to the mask. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go back. Okay, so... <laughs> Stop. Hey. Stop. Baby, you're killing me. Stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's actually a real big thing for me. So basically, yeah. I'm I'm really big on intimacy. I'm mm. really big on um one we don't possess anybody. Mm. Um, we experience people. So I think that everyone deserves the experience of being like in the space, being conscious, being aware, being interacted with, not being used as a tool, mm -hmm. not being just giving of service, but also um like it's not really that type of show but invite me for when it is you know are are we saying thank you are we acknowledging that that person is a whole person they are not a tool just there to get you off like how are we interacting with this person mm. you know are we even asking are you comfortable like what is happening here these little bits where um femininity is seen as like softness so like are we offering that softness Mm. as well not just being seen as soft and being treated softly mm. but are we offering that softness especially if we think that we are um engaging intimately with someone who would really love that softness mm. yeah. yeah no I, different I show think, different day no 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 no, no 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 <laughs> i'm glad that we've got here because i think it is important it's a conversation that needs to have and maybe we maybe we pick up a conversation specifically on this because i'm <clears throat> i'm very much on my journey i'm very shy i'm very shy i'm a very overall quite a conservative person in many ways but that's just i feel that's part of my nature but it also yeah. goes back to i've been in myself i've not been forced yes. to come out of myself but you know kind of going back to what you were saying about femininity and stuff there's there's a conversation and an exploration to be to have around what the relationship between femininity and leadership in the bedroom Right, because femininity in some ways can come across quite passive, in and yes, in you receipt. Are right. You are right. In receipt, and it's how do you lead in your femininity in a sexual space, which allows your more dominant partner to relax a little bit and to be in receipt. So mm. the feminine leader is now in service to that mask. And what the, and how does that what does that look like without emasculating someone? Because what I'm what I'm not saying is I want to be on my back with my legs torn out like fuck that is not... <laughs> no I'm not doing it I'm not having it. But there are other ways in which this could <laughs> these dying. Rob, you're killing me. But there there has to be a way. There has to be a way because that word service. It's so important in that dynamic that a lot of mass presenting people are in service, which means they're in that role. But how do we how do we create a balance and how do we receive that softness in a world that's so 
completely. I think not soft. Like when people talk, okay, when people come up to me and they're like, "Are you a dom or a sub?" Mm. And I'm like, first of all, it's if you've even seen me in the, you'll understand. Come on, mm. um, but it's like it's a natural energy thing. But um, what I say to someone is like, for me to be submissive, mm-hmm. and I frame it this way: for me to be submissive, I'm actually dominating you in my submission. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am giving, yeah. I'm giving you permission mm-hmm. to have control over me. Mm-hmm. And only because I have chosen so. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in charge of you. You think you're in charge of me. Anything that you want me to do, it's actually my choice as to whether I do it or not. Do you know we're gonna get we get we've probably got like five minutes before we'll we wrap up yeah time. no 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 we're do we're gonna do this in five minutes right? oh, okay we're gonna do Let's this go. so like <clears throat> this takes me to the conversation of like BDSM right mm-hmm. with submiss submission uh, submission and dominance right and there's this um there's an assumption made that the person who is dominant holds all the power yeah, right they call the shots I'm like listen if you understand the power of submission I think there's probably more power in that than yeah. ultimate dominance the dom has yeah. all the responsibility very much yeah completely mm-hmm. but the sub has the power yeah. to explore anything that you don't want to if the sub says no mm-hmm. hard rule mm-hmm. hard flat rule mm-hmm. and I think that the idea that submission means giving away your power it means giving away your autonomy, your freedom, your um Yeah, like your, your expression. Yes, yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. No. Only in a bad in a bad dynamic would that be the case. Mm-hmm. But actually <clears throat> in a good and good and healthy environment that shouldn't be. And I, I I'm really curious to explore how how do we get the man them to relax? How do we get the man them to free up? How do we get the man them to feel like there is a space of even as a dominant yeah in the bedroom so it's like even though you may be a dominant person in this bedroom in this intimate space where how do you free up because when you have got a lot of responsibility it's hard to be carefree when you're supposed to be being responsible so for example in another scenario you see if you're looking after a five-year-old and you're the responsible person you're not going to be as carefree as that five-year-old because you've got to be responsible Mm. so in the scenario now if i flip it back you are a responsible dominant person in the bedroom how do you how can that feminine person create the space so you can be free great you actually the best way to show is the example of looking after a five-year-old apologies is that um, you can be just as carefree as a five-year-old, by the way. What it is, is you have to trust yourself that when things go to a certain place, that you will be able to attend to it. Okay. So, like, if I'm looking after a kid, I'll be running around with the kid as much as them. But the thing that I know is, if a fire starts in the kitchen, I'm not expecting the child to attend to it. So I know that I can be like, ah, we're running around, but what's that smell? Okay, cool. I got to stop this now. And now I have to go do that because I know I have the tools to do it. I know I have the skills to be able to do it. I trust myself to be able to keep us safe. That's the reason why I have agreed to look after your five-year-old in the first place. If Mm. I didn't have that trust in myself, I should have never agreed to look after the five-year-old. That has, you've just unpacked something here because I think there's a concept of being responsible, being dominant, being that main person looking after the vibes in that space but it's not what you're not consider what you're not necessarily taking into into account is it's not a full-time job yeah in a respect you don't have to be that role it's a mindset that you're able to tap back into when it needs to happen if something comes up that you're going to be responsible and aware enough and present enough to respond um within that 
But just to say, um, before Ed, you start doing anything, and mm. this is a bit like foreplay sometimes is actual consent forms, because when you know the realms of like the universe that yeah. you're seen or whatever exists in, then um, that should already give you like some confidence as well. Like, yeah. you know, for yeah, example, yeah. Um, we've agreed no snakes because you hate them. Right. So, you know, when you're in the throes of an orgasm and I leave the room, there is no chance that I'm going to come back in the room with a snake. Could you That's going to make you, sp- right? That's going to make you tense if you think that I could. But My son would leave the building. The fact that we sat down beforehand <laughs> yep. and we have agreed, okay, for an X amount of time, we are going to engage in X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. What are things you do not like? What are things I do not like? Such and such. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to set the set the scene mm-hmm. set the premise but um we really should reconnect and talk about this another time maybe mm-hmm. like sexy sadie time oh okay feature yeah yeah that. yeah 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 we will <laughs> we will but um before we wrap up yes plug yourself plug your platform plug anything that is also coming up soon oh i really feel like i have the cocoa butter club c-o-c-o-a not c-o-c-o you're not white these are not cocoa pops <laughs> It's the the cocoa butter and the black burlesque school. Come to class. Like everyone is welcome. I'm really serious. Yeah. Um make sure you do the mask. I class know, yeah. Because I'm I'm gonna go. I'm going, you know. I'm, I'm, gonna, what, I'm going to you. I'm, I'm going to be jumping and jiving. You're going you are going to see all kinds of flamboyant. I'm gonna do it. I'll I'll I will raise myself to the challenge to do it. But um, anyway, peeps, you can definitely expect the part two, but you know where to find me. Meg Talks Online on Instagram and on TikTok as well. It has been absolutely phenomenal having you and thank you for coming through, Sadie. Thank you for welcoming me. All right, and we're out.